Well, well, Michael, this is our first episode of the podcast proper. Woohoo! And today we are going to talk about when luck ran out. Fantastic. Yeah. So what did you think? I I love this song. I think it's a great opener to the EP. We can talk about the lyrics later, but it's sort of in Coxie's repertoire of movies about early white settlers and, you know, their back-breaking work out in the country there. But, um, yeah... What do you think about this song? I reckon it's great because uh, there's a lot happening. It's sort of like uh, some of the next lot of songs going into that EP. It's a busy one. Um, this is the beginning when we've got the trumpet and the trumpet's got a, the catchy melody, <laughs> but then when it's going to, like from the verse to the next chorus part, it's got another different catchy melody in the trumpet and then even the bridge. It's st- still constantly just doing something and that whole – arpeggiated guitars, uh, they just really could see that they really had a sound and um, 
the way Doug's just holding it as always from right from the start, he's got the glue holding it all together and you can just hear how Jack's just keeping up with him and catching him, you know, like just he's fitting into what he's doing to hold the whole foundation of the song together. Mm. And I mean, this is interesting. This is going to get interesting at the beginning when we start talking about, it's just interesting to sort of at the beginning hear what Jack's doing. And then later on when we get into those songs when Ted comes around and how different they are with that bass style playing and how they've evolved. But uh, yeah. (laughs) Whoops. This is early days. So it's all standard tuning from what I can tell. So Jack hasn't down-tuned his bass, has he? No, because I, I was actually playing along to these just to get the feel, which I'm going to do for most of these, some of these songs. And Go on. Give us a go. How does it go? And it's easy to play in a standard tuning. Hang on. Let, just I'll grab that bass. That, hang on. Excuse me. Sorry, Jack and everybody else. It's probably not perfect or spot on, but just to give you that feel of how this kind of cool bass line goes with the music. So the verse is pretty straightforward. Um, it's not all chords, um, but it's sort of A minor C D, isn't it? This lonely toil. And how does the bass go? Is it just following the root notes? Well, we have the intro first, which is sort of the same as the bridge. Yeah, I've only just done the sort of the intro. So, yeah, the verse is pretty easy. It's just A minor, C, D. And then the chorus is A minor, B minor. When luck ran out one summer's noon, when luck ran out and lawyers called. <laughs> yeah, and it's just sort of like the bass. It's just sort of like a walking thing, very simplistic. Uh, playing along to that, you can tell and feel he hasn't really mucked around with his tuning or tuned down low or anything. And simplistic, this one, but great. A lot of fun. So, yeah, you mentioned Doug's drumming. It's it's sort of 4-4, four, four, and it's got the cowbell running throughout the song, which is great. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always good to have cowbell, but it can, or it can sometimes be overdone, but I think it's okay here. And I noticed on the fills, a lot of them he's, he's using the toms as a fill, like rather than the snare, although there's some sort of higher pitch one. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. What did you like? Did you like the lyrics, Michael? Was it sort of like a, a folky song for you about these early explorers, these settlers of um, the Australian landscape? Or yeah, I mean, I'll just mention um, this is going to probably come up with the songs now because of that style that they had. But just that whole they were sort of like trying to classify them in the hunters collectors sort of style because of the trumpet. Not a lot of bands were sort of doing that. But um, yeah, but now going into the Lyrics, it's, yeah, I mean, I look at it when luck ran out and lawyers called, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like 
just in general, rather than looking at what the lyrics are specific to the story, just in general, you can take it that way and saying sometimes you've got it all going and then all of a sudden if you haven't done something right, like paid taxes or or somebody comes in and has got more power, they can take it away from you. And, yeah, so I'll look at it that one. And that's the main sort of thing I get out of it. Yeah. yeah. Like I like the use of the word, the modern word of lawyers and then sort of implying that litigiousness back into the old the homestead, the settlers is sort of funny. I mean, it's not this like it's sort mm. of a folky lyric. You could you could see Coxie in in weddings parting anything or the bushwhackers sort of folk music, but that sort of line is sort of on the cusp of being comedic, you know? Yeah. We can go through the lyrics, uh this lonely toil that kept us here when luck ran out and all that said. So immediately immediately when I hear the word toil, I think of the bloody the national anthem that we had to sing every morning uh, or every week at assembly. It's the only time you sort of hear that word toil. When luck ran out and sums were done and luck ran out and lawyers called. It's uh, it's quite good. Pace out the ground with string and rule. So they're marking out the boundaries. Oh, I found this one. This one's mine. You know, these greedy little capitalists, you know, this one's mine and Never mind the indigenous people there. And when luck ran out, one sunless moon. And luck ran out in clay and quartz. So maybe they've found fool's gold. And then the bridge obviously has the trumpet. And then it goes culling children from the will. She's hard. <laughs> so there's, yeah. already, like, there's already a bit of flash forward to his humorous side. There's always a part of like, it's not laugh out loud, but it's um, it's sort of those incongruous ideas of these the founding fathers heroically cultivating the land and they're just children like us squabbling about their own entitlement. It's just um, quite well done. Mm. And, I mean, like, look, going back to when you were saying about, yeah, like when we were in uh, primary school and we had to sing the national anthem and we were rolling our eyes and all that sort of stuff because genuinely, I mean, this is just, you know, personal talk, everyone's sort of different, but just you feel we have to do this. What, what's this actually meaning? Okay, I get it that we want to be united, but then I see it then being a teacher now today that you see kids that are, are got some Indigenous culture within them and they're just like, look, this doesn't mean a lot to me kind of thing. And, um, yeah, something that has to be said for that, that later on we get into more and more coxie lyrics about some other things that he just subtly brings up. And it, this is very subtle, as, as you can he- see, that like I mm. look at it and just looking at the lyrics right in front of me, oh, yeah, it's like... Somebody with powers come like that could be a lawyer and they, they've you've done something not right or they just can take it all away from you. You live in a great life. But like this and that scenario, you know, maybe the indigenous live in a great life. Hey, sorry, we're taking it from you. We've got the power. We're the lawyers. You don't have anything in writing. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's interesting how how we can look at all these lyrics and it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great ride. This is only the beginning. Uh, yeah, that was probably the song that went, I think that song went to radio Phil played trumpet. wasn't a bad recording with Doug. What's his name down there? Where we were Sanders. So Saunders? Doug Saunders, correct? Yep. Yes. But you had more of a rapport with uh, his Robbie Rollins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. When luck ran out. Um, First, oh yeah, here we yeah, go. Yeah. Sort of singer, wasn't it? Yeah. It's about a farming, a family. What have I got here? About a farming family will dispute. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's yeah, sizing it right. from the will. This one laughed when you broke your spade. <laughs> Like, it's just a series of images. I, I don't know. I mean, at that stage, you know, the lyrics were bad fourth-form poetry, really. Like, it was sort of... Watch me write a song about this. Yeah, so, I don't know, it was sort of... 
Well, it's, it's about mining. Yeah, it's mining sort of it. about mining. Early mining. Early Australian miners, I oh, suppose. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you heard yeah, a big yeah. period of writing about Texas explorers. Yeah, yeah. Floods. Yes. Yeah. I was reading a lot of J.G. Ballard novels. Okay. Yeah. You often pick words for sound rather than meaning. I don't exactly know what I meant. It's 4-4. What's interesting is it has a little intro that is slower than the tempo of the song. Again, they fuck with tempos. And that's pretty cool. It starts like, you know, doing one thing and then the drums come in like and it's the song is at a faster tempo. This one's driving. Interestingly enough, there's a cowbell in it. There's a cowbell drive in this one too. So I don't know if the drummer's playing that. I mean, that might be an overdub. Like somebody might go over and just play the cowbell by itself afterwards. But the point is it's percussion it's either the drummer i don't think the drummer he's i don't think he's playing it at the same time as he's playing the drums it's probably an overdub on this one because it's like he's playing the drums and there's also a cowbell on top of his drums and you're like he's he's not an octopus somebody probably i mean it's possible but somebody probably added the cowbell over it but the point is again we have a cowbell Snare drums on two and four. The bass drums kind of a little syncopated. Do 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 you know whatever is. It's it's not straight. It's 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 got a it's got a little syncopation in there, giving it a little bit of a nice danceable, you know, driving thing. It's musical. Again, the dude's got motifs. He doesn't really stray from it much on this one. But when what is interesting, the motifs show up on this one. The cowbell. And his fills, they're not all on the snare drum. He incorporates a lot of toms on the fills. And at least more than once, he ends... There's a symbol in there that is like a signature symbol, like a noticeable symbol. It's either a splash or a mini china. And it's like, like it's basically, it's a higher-pitched, smaller accent crash and so on his fills he goes dig it and you're like oh that's kind of interesting again he he pushes the song by doing that he starts the fills like on the snare and you know or and then he migrates over to the toms and they kind of go dig like that and you're like okay he does that more than once i think there's one at the end he does all on the snare but the point is this one He's using the tro- the toms and the snare on his fills, and then he's got <laughs> he's got this one symbol that he keeps hitting like three, four, five times in the song, and you're like, okay, well that's the symbol he set up for this song because motherfucker keeps hitting it, and it's cool. It gives the song its own signature, its own palette. You know, when you listen to this stuff with a closer ear. It's like he keeps going back to that symbol. You don't hear like a big one that goes like that. You just hear him go and it, it pushes the song. He set up this little one. Sounds like a splash to me and or like a 14 inch crash. And it's like a great punctuated accent. That is again a motif to the whole song. Then at the very end, they have like a coda 
where the thing goes doom, 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 doom. He plays a little four on the floor, and then the song ends. So it's what's interesting about this is you have a distinctive intro, then the song comes in at a faster tempo, and then you have a distinctive outro. And everything in between is driving. Yeah, the mile-wide streets and music halls. So the town is starting to encroach. But I was confused by this line. He's sawing girls before sheets on chairs. I don't know how that means. Is this some murder that's suddenly come into the song? Mm. He's sawing mm. girls. Well, that's what it says on the lyric sheets. So that's a bit dark. Mm. Then it goes into when luck ran out and passed those cards. Luck ran out and lawyers called. You know, because there's nothing to do. It's bloody boring when the sun goes down. Gambling, that's that's why Australians gamble. The middle eight is sort of a repeat of the intro, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. It's like... Which is sort of high up on the G and the D uh, strings. Sort of a, just a two, a two-string motif there. Mm-hmm. Pan the gold from drovers' mouths in Chinese washrooms. I've this mood has passed, so that's where the EP obviously gets its mm. title from. Although there's a bonus track on the the Twenty Two Reasons Michael off drive through that has another song that has this mood has passed too on it. Oh, so I don't know where the uh, the title comes from. But Chinese washrooms, I I didn't Google that because maybe it's a racist expression or something mm. back on the gold fields. I don't know. But, yeah, all in all, I'd, this is a great opener to their first ever release. I'd give it a, you know, good four and a half out of five. It's really great. And, um, you know, if you've got a trumpet in your band, you've got to have it in the first song. You know what I mean? You've got to put that, you got to use that. The first thing, bang, here's, here we are, we're the Foves, we've got a trumpet. I'd definitely put that in the first song on your first release, and that's what they've done. And it's right in your face. Like, it's right at the beginning. It's very catchy. It's all the way through, but it's not monotonous. It's not overdone. It's just just perfect. It's amazing. And I like it. The EP's called This Mood Has Passed, and you're introducing that as you got that in the song. Uh, just to remind you, this is the first EP that we're listening to. Um, the only other thing I'll mention, Michael, is that there's obviously a triangle or some sort of percussion... At the start of the song, mm. uh, something metallic. Bit hard to hear, obviously. Um, it's been a long time since I've listened to the record direct from vinyl. I've just been yeah. listening to the uh, the capture I made, I think, at your house when you were in Latin America in 2011. I uh, had to listen to your version. <laughs> Did you use my was my vinyl uh, player record player working then? Yeah, and you ah okay. Is it not working now? Ah, uh, no, like- It was working when I left that's, it. That's, yeah, long gone. And I was actually, strangely, I was actually looking at a few <laughs> record players today and there's some that come in suitcases and I thought that might be appropriate for me being a traveler. So maybe I might buy one oh, again. Right. I'm just kind of, but we're, we're drif- drifting off and just- We're getting- officially on a tangent. This is the beginning of the foes as we knew it, like the CDs were sort of new and we were just hearing that vinyl sound and that sound that they had. It's just quite unique times and unique memories. Exactly. Our family, Michael, our family, not, I mean, I was a big music listener, but not particularly my parents or not my sister either. We didn't get a CD player until the start of 94. And I reckon that was 
not too late. Uh, did you have a CD player that as as early as 1990? 1990 was the very first time I got a CD player, and I was probably one of the rarities at the time as a teenager. Was that purchase at your insistence, or did your parents want to? No, I got it. I saved up for it. I got it for a present or something. Yeah, in a package, a big stereo thing. Had to have it. It's a new thing. Love big music fans, so got right onto it. Well, Michael, that's pretty much all I have to say about when luck ran out, except to say the phasing sort of effect on the guitar, Coxie said was done in amp. He had an old Roland JC120 amp, and um, yeah, that was what gave the effect, so it wasn't done post-production, so that's interesting. Do you like the guitar tone, or is it a bit dated? Love the guitar tones. Yeah. They're just sort of unique. And I mean, this is coming from someone who's not a huge guitar player, knowing all the effects and different styles of guitar. So I just hear it and go, fantastic. It's unique. It's not too bright. It's not too dull. It's not too in your face. Everything mixed in really well with the whole rest of the instruments. You can hear the bass popping out, the drums doing what it's doing and um, vocals and harmonies and trumpet not overshadowing anything. So they've done a great job. And that would have been time then, I'm sure... Not really any uh, Pro Tools or anything or anything too fancy, so they would have had to be together. So uh, fantastic work as uh, musicians and they're always underrated, even from the beginning. And they even said, like, they're just still learning to write songs and things and be together as a unit. But um, from the beginning, that get-go, when luck ran out, they, they started to record and release EPs at the right time. They were right and ready to go. From there onwards, and it was only upwards and onwards, and better musicianship from there onwards. Great stuff, guys. Yay. Well done. Now, I think you're going to skip out the next few traps, Michael, and join me for beautiful- No, Shower of Sparks. Yeah? Shower of Sparks. Count me in on that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone was alive or heard them play When Luck Ran Out in real time, back 35 years ago or more, uh. write in and tell us your memories. Um, tell us what happened when- Doctor played trumpet in the chorus because I think I can hear his backing vocals in the song, but I'm not sure. So I wonder if Jack had to sing along with um, with uh, Coxie. But anyway, please go to our website, foespodcast.com. Please send us your memories, uh, audio clips preferred under two minutes. That's great. The first Coxie banter that I'm going to show you actually comes from, I think, the first gig that John and I went together. You can tell that I filmed it. I'm laughing there in the background. And I chose this one because it's like our first episode or the first song, and this is their 1,000th show. All relevant, all fun, enjoy. Here we go. For us, I guess, uh, the, the number of 1,000 shows is more an excuse to try and promote a gig and get a few people along, but um, <laughs> but there is a deeper meaning, and that is that um, we've loved our journey together and also with the very loyal people who um, have come along you know, to fill the room tonight, and I say that with all sincerity, because it's, you know, really a thousand shows, 100, whatever, it's not really matter that much, but um, but we're really grateful that you, you know, came along, and yeah, it's good to have us at least a, a fleeting feeling of relevance, you know, coming up to our 20th year, and so thanks a lot, we really appreciate it, and uh, we'll try and do right by you with our encore, and uh, Tim... He's a popular guy, look at him. He's actually a bit of a cockhead. Um, guys, guys just see him for kind of 45 an hour. Yeah, off stage, he's not that good a guy, but, um, you know, 
He's got to set up stage presence. Thanks, buddy. Great choices. I feel a lot of love up on stage here. I'm going now to Google Chinese washrooms and hopefully there won't be anything too uh, politically incorrect. So, Michael, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. Great fun. Good start to the Foes podcast show. Woohoo! Foes. Bye. Rock and roll journalism is people who can't write talking to people who can't talk in order to prepare articles for people who can't read.